Hi, and good morning. It is the Wednesday after Easter, and we are still trying to deal with the ramifications of what happened on that first Easter. We've been thinking about it, pondering, studying, analyzing, uh, preaching about Easter Sunday morning for over 2,000 years. And it's interesting in this story that Luke gives us, where it tells us that Peter looked in and that Peter was amazed. It doesn't say he believed. It doesn't say he understood. Uh, the Greek has a lot of different words for the same word, so you can have the exact meaning. Uh, for instance, most of us know there are three words for love in the Greek language. So, so if you want a particular word said in a particular way, there's usually a particular Greek word for that very emotion, feeling, reality. He's amazed. He's perplexed. He's got a bunch of information, and his mind can't pull it all together. That's what's happening with Peter while he's walking away from Easter. In fact, that's kind of probably what's happening to most of us if we've taken the time to sit down and really think about what happened, what's going on, and what it means. So, we have the same thing Peter had. we got a handful of clues. What are those clues? Uh, first, the tomb is empty. For 2,000 years, we have been looking to find the body of Jesus. The only thing that has to happen to, to disprove Christianity is for somebody to find the body of Jesus. They find the body of Jesus, and they can say for DNA or whatever, they can say, this is Jesus, uh, and he did not raise, uh, rise from the dead, then Christianity is over. We've never been able to find that body. Now, we have torn the Middle East upside down looking for evidence that Jesus was not raised from the dead. And we have concocted all kinds of weird stories about what really happened to Jesus. One is that he didn't die, he passed out. Uh, he swooned, is what they call it, uh, from the loss of blood and that when they put him in the cool of, uh, of the tomb, then he came back to consciousness, left the tomb, uh, found Mary Magdalene, and they got married and moved to the south of France. I'm not making that up. That is a story that is actually out there about what happened to Jesus after he died. Most people know that Jesus died. Everybody in the story knew it. The disciples knew he was dead. The Roman soldiers, who were professional killers, they knew he was dead. If there was any doubt in their mind, they would have broken Jesus' legs. They didn't. The women who followed Jesus, knew. They were right there when Jesus was placed in the tomb. They had wrapped his body hastily, quickly, uh, trying to get him ready for the funeral as fast as they could, knowing they would come back early Sunday morning and finish what they didn't have time to do. But every time they moved his arm, every time they adjusted his leg, every time they wrapped the body, they knew he was dead. And now he's gone. We put Jesus here. Now he's gone. Now, the funny thing about that is, is that this is the story we have from God from the very beginning. God is always on the move. God will never stay where you put him. I don't know why we expected Jesus to stay where we put him. Our God is always on the move. He's always looking. He's always searching. The shepherd is always looking for the lost sheep. That's the first clue. Second clue, we have the testimony of the women. The women knew where the tomb was. They went, the tomb was empty, and the angels told them, he told you he wasn't going to be here. Which leads us to the third clue. 
This is exactly what Jesus said would happen. Chapter 9 in Luke, chapter 18 in Luke, other places in the gospel. Jesus says, I'll be turned over to sinful men, I'll be crucified, I'll be raised on the third day. I'm going to die, but the Son of Man will suffer, I'll be raised on the third day. Each time, the next thing Luke tells us, or the other gospel writers tell us, is nobody knew what he was talking about. Now, after the resurrection, they read back what he said through the lens of the resurrection. Now they understand. So we have an empty tomb. We have the witness of the women. We have what Jesus said. We have the witness of Peter. Now, this isn't when he met Jesus. Jesus sees him again on the shore of Galilee, John tells us. But, but even more than that, we have the direct words of, of Peter and John in front of the Sanhedrin when they healed the lame man. And Peter says, this happened because of, the, of Jesus, the person you crucified, and God has now raised from the dead. The cornerstone that's been rejected is now the cornerstone. Uh, and there's no other name that we have un, uh, by which we can be saved. That is Peter's testimony when his life is on the line. Apostle Paul, his testimony to one untimely born, wrong time born, Jesus appeared to me. That was Paul's constant mission. None of the disciples changed their mind. Nobody recanted. Now, you know, the interesting thing uh, that, that's happening right now in the news uh, is everybody is telling us where Jimmy Hoffa's body is. Uh, for years, we've had rumors and rumors that, that Hoffa was bumped off by the mob and the mob did this or the mob did that. Now, the people who were involved in that crime, well, they're old. They're about to die. And so the last thing they want you to know about their life is, I'm the one who killed Jimmy Hoffa. You see, under the threat of torture, the brutality, the imprisonment, um, None of the guys change their mind, not one of them. We have enough clues that you can figure out what happened. We have enough clues for you to make up your mind. So take the time today and reread the gospel stories of the resurrection. Look for the clues and make up your mind. I'll give you 60 seconds and I'll see you tomorrow.